Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks look to extend Wall Street's biggest rally in three weeks. Netflix shares gain after subscriber loss was not as bad as feared. Inflation in the U.K. surges to a 40-year high. And President Biden plans to take executive action to tackle climate change. The tri-state bakes under the summer sizzle and shark sightings close Rockaway beaches. I'm John Tucker. More straight ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports, making nine straight All-Star Game victories for the American League. The Yankees' Giancarlo Stanton was the MVP. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are higher this morning. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures up five points. Dow futures up 23, and NASDAQ futures up 29. The DAX in Germany is up a tenth of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 10.30 seconds, yield 2.98%, and the yield on the two-year, 3.18%. NYMEX crude oil is down eight-tenths of a percent. Nathan. Well, Karen, futures are Adding to yesterday's gains on Wall Street, which were the biggest in three weeks, it was a broad-based rally. All 11 industry groups in the S&P 500 advanced. John Barranco is Chief Investment Officer of Fundamental Investments at Allspring Global Investments. I think we're in a transition period here, and the market really is in need of evidence, really. And I think evidence that inflation is peaking, uh, evidence that... Um, you know, we're, we're moving down a path of hopefully towards a, you know, a soft landing. John Barranco at Allspring Global Investment says he's looking for companies with strong balance sheets that are able to weather tough economic conditions. Well, Nathan, earnings optimism is helping fuel this morning's gains. Netflix shares are up 6.5% in early trading after subscriber numbers came in better than estimates. We get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The leader in paid streaming TV says it lost 970,000 subscribers in the second quarter, less than half what Wall Street feared, thanks in large part to a new season of Stranger Things, the service's most popular English-language series. This quarter, Netflix expects to sign up 1 million subscribers, while that is well short of the 1.83 million analysts forecast this period. It reverses the losses of the first half. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Charlie, thank you. And earnings continue to roll in with nearly 17 companies on the S&P 500 reporting today. We get results from Tesla after the closing bell. Here with a preview is Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. 
Bloomberg Intelligence says Tesla's fundamentals relative to its peers are strong and the company's credit rating could be moved to investment grade. But lockdowns in China had an impact on vehicle production. And Tesla is heavily invested in Bitcoin. Its bottom line may include a charge of nearly three-quarters of a billion dollars related to the plunge in the price of the cryptocurrency. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Jeff, thank you. Well, Tesla has been a longtime favorite of investor Kathy Wood, and her funds have felt the pain as Tesla shares fell from their November peak. Now word this morning, Wood is closing down one of her exchange-traded funds. We get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. A regulatory filing shows Kathy Wood is shutting down her ARC Transparency ETF. The fund gained only $12 million in assets since it launched at the end of last year. That's a fraction of the $9 billion in Wood's flagship fund. It contains holdings like Teal Dock and Spotify and was aimed at investing in companies that received high scores on transparency. Transparency Global, which shaped the fund's underlying portfolio, will stop calculating the index at the end of July. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Hi, Renita. Thank you. Bitcoin is trading at a one-month high this morning, right now at about 23300 But that's a far cry from November's peak of nearly 69000 Billionaire investor Mike Novogratz weighed in on the sell-off at the Bloomberg Crypto Summit in New York. What I don't think people expected was the magnitude of losses that would show up in you know, professional institutions' balance sheets. And that caused a daisy chain of effects. It turned into a full-fledged credit crisis. Mike Novogratz says regulators should do more to protect crypto investors and called for more transparency in the industry. Well, turning to the economy now, Nathan, expect higher interest rates for the foreseeable future. That's according to Blackstone. We come up with Joseph Zeidel, chief investment strategist at Blackstone's Private Wealth Solutions Group. I think that inflation is more deeply entrenched in the U.S. economy, and it's going to require the Fed to take interest rates hikes up higher and the tightening cycle longer. So my own view is that Fed fund rates could exceed 4%. I think they could go above 4.5%, maybe even closer to 5%. Blackstone Private Wells Joseph Zeidel expects the Fed to hike by 75 basis points at next week's meeting. Well, like the U.S., Karen, inflation continues to be a major problem in Europe, and fresh data show the U.K. still struggling to tame prices. Let's go live to London and get the latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. A fresh 40-year high for UK inflation. Consumer prices rose 9.4% in the year to June, driven by surging prices for motor fuel. The pain only set to get worse, with inflation forecast to top 11% in October, when another gas and electricity price hike is due. The Bank of England has already increased rates five times since December, and today's data will add to calls for a jumbo hike at the bank's next meeting. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thank you. Well, back here in the U.S., President Biden plans to take executive action to tackle climate change with his clean energy agenda stalled on Capitol Hill. The president will outline his steps later today at a shuttered coal fire plant in Somerset, Massachusetts. He is not expected to declare a climate emergency, but Bloomberg Politics contributor Rick Davis says he doesn't have to. There are many things he can do around pollution from cars and 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 to put a little uh pressure on uh joe manchin by you know talking about doing some things around coal and gas fired power plant uh, regulation so uh, i think he could bring him along to the negotiating table if he wants to put some heat on manchin 
And Bloomberg Politics contributor Rick Davis uh, says we'll have more on this presidential announcement in just a few minutes. Bloomberg's Ann Mostu is at the event and joins us live in just a few moments. In the meantime, Karen, futures are moving higher. We have S&P futures up seven points, Dow futures up 43, NASDAQ futures higher by 36 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 507 on Wall Street, 80 degrees already in Central Park. Woof. 10 to 15 minute delays on the upper level George Washington Bridge after overnight construction. I'll tell you more about that in traffic. First, John Tucker's trying to stay cool in New York. Good morning, John. Yeah, we'll forget about taking a swim as the heat wave grips the city. Everyone's been ordered out of the water on Rockaway beaches. Sharks were seen prowling the area. Lanier City Police Department has been doing flyovers to look for any threats, and parks officials say they'll reopen the beach when it's safe to do so. A handful of recent shark attacks on Long Island beaches against a tourist, a surfer, a lifeguard. They've caught the attention of swimmers and officials. A Trump-endorsed candidate has won the closely watched Republican primary for governor in Maryland. That story this morning from Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Dan Cox won the Republican primary in the race to replace Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland, a race that became a proxy clash between former President Trump and Hogan, a potential 2024 GOP presidential candidate. Trump had endorsed Cox, while Hogan, who can't seek re-election because of term limits, backed Kelly Schultz, who served in Hogan's administration. Cox will face the winner of the crowded Democratic primary. Cox organized busloads of Trump supporters to attend the Stop the Steal rally before the assault on the U.S. Capitol in 2021. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. New York Representative Hakeem Jeffries says former President Trump announcing another run for the White House before the midterm elections would be a boon for Democrats and a disaster for Republicans. Jeffries is the chairman of the House Democratic Caucus. Former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger has some words of advice for President Biden regarding relations with China. That story from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. Kissinger, of course, was Richard Nixon's State Department leader during the time of ping-pong diplomacy with China. Kissinger tells Bloomberg's editor-in-chief John Micklethwaite at the Intelligence Squared event, it is important to prevent some of China's actions. That it's a permanent assignment, that it's not something that can be achieved by uh, endless confrontations. Kissinger says today's world needs flexibility. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. And former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio is dropping out of the crowded Democratic primary race for the open seat in the state's redrawn 10th congressional district. He says it's clear people are looking for another option. Global News 24 hours a day on air. And on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, John, thank you. Coming up to 510 on Wall Street, time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. There was a long period where the National League dominated the baseball All-Star Game, won 20 of 21 back in the 1960s and 70s. But lately, the American League has had its way last night in L.A. The NL jumped in front, two runs in the first inning, but failed to score again, and the AL did damage in the fourth. Two. Swing and a high fly ball drill. Forget it. 
Way back out to left center field, and that is gone. Oh, my goodness. He crushed it. John Carlos Stanton deep into the pavilion in left center field, and the American League with one swing has tied it up. It's 2-2 as Stanton goes deep. ESPN had the call. The Stanton homer traveled 475 feet, longer than any home run hit at Dodger Stadium this season. The next batter was the Twins' Byron Buxton. He hit a solo shot. That was it for the score in the AL. Won 3-2. Has now won nine All-Star games in a row. 21 of the last 25. Stanton, an L.A. native, was the MVP. Third Yankee to win. Derek Jeter in 2000. Mariano Rivera in 2013. Aaron Judge struck out twice. Jose Trevino had a base hit. Nestor Cortez pitched the sixth inning. Clay Holmes got two outs to the eighth. For the Mets, Jeff McNeil 0-for-1 also got hit by a pitch. Pete Alonso was up once and drew a walk. Miles Bridges was Charlotte's leading scorer this past season. Is currently a free agent. He's now facing three felony counts of domestic violence, accused of assaulting his girlfriend. Still no 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 word on how long a suspension Cleveland quarterback Deshaun Watson will get, but there's now a report it's expected to be eight games for sexual misconduct. There was earlier reporting it would be the entire season. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thanks. Right now, S&P futures are up 7 points. Dow futures up 47. NASDAQ futures are higher by 37 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 10 30 seconds. Yield 2.98%. Yield on the 2-year, 3.18%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Heat advisory from noon today till 8 tomorrow night. You can see an isolated shower storm today with highs near 95 degrees. Right now, 80 already in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are inching higher amid speculation that the worst of this year's equity route may be over, even as concern over the potential for a global downturn sparked by hawkish central bank slingers. We get the market. We get a check on the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures higher this morning, up about eight points. Dow futures up 46. NASDAQ futures up 36. The DAX in Germany is up four-tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds, yield 2.98 percent. Yield on the two-year, 3.18 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 1.1 percent on a dollar nine at $103.13 a barrel. COMEX gold down two-tenths percent or $2.80 at $17.25.30 an ounce. The euro 1.0246 against the dollar. British pound 1.2019. And the yen 138.14. And Bitcoin this morning, it's higher up 9 tenths percent at $23,518. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John. Good morning, Karen. President Biden sent to announce executive action to confront climate change. Russian President Vladimir Putin signaling Europe will start getting gas again through a key pipeline. And Dan Cox wins the Republican primary in the race to replace Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland, a race that became a proxy clash between former President Trump and Hogan. And it sports the Yankees' Giancarlo Stanton named the All-Star Game MVP as the American League beats the National League. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. We're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. 
John, thank you. It is 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we are watching for President Biden to take executive action to tackle climate change. He is expected to do so later today in a visit to Somerset, Massachusetts, where we find Bloomberg's Ann Mostu this morning, joining us live ahead of the president's announcement in Somerset. Ann, good morning. Great to have you with us uh, this morning. So what do we know so far about what the president plans to say where you are this morning? morning. Well, Nathan, the president plans to talk about climate crisis, how a clean energy future might create jobs, lower costs for families. This as gas prices remain high. He's expected to announce some support in terms of heating for low-income families and his support for offshore wind. Now, the site he is coming to in Somerset is far from the idyllic New England beachfront community you might be picturing. This is a small town just next to Rhode Island, and they have an enormous vacant lot by the ocean called Brayton Point, which was a power plant. It was a coal power plant up until 2018 when it was completely demolished. And it's now 307 acres of just rubble. Now, Biden's going to come and visit this. And there is in the works, but far from ready, a manufacturing facility for offshore wind here, as there are three projects in Massachusetts that are under review right now. So interesting backdrop to sort of uh, showcase the energy transition that the president says he would like to see here. But I guess a lot of the reason why he's making this trip, Ann, is because he's had trouble getting his uh, clean energy spending agenda moving forward on Capitol Hill. That's exactly right, Nathan. He is under pressure to declare a climate emergency after his agenda stalled in the Senate again last week. Now, this is largely in part Democratic West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin saying he would not support additional measures to combat climate change. Now, the climate emergency declaration, there was talk that Biden would make that today in Massachusetts, but the White House has said he will not. It would empower him to be able to do more administratively to curb emissions. But there are a lot of politicians who say it's not the right tactic, that declaring a national emergency is not the right idea Um, No one's ever done that before. No president has ever done that before. Not in terms of a a climate emergency, I guess. But we have seen, uh, to to be fair, uh, executive actions taken many times on other issues in the past. So what's the thinking at the White House about why the president shouldn't make that step, at least not at this point? Well, that's a really good question, Nathan. I mean, you're right. There have been dozens of national emergencies declared by presidents since the 70s, but never for the purpose of climate change. Um, I think that they're still hope, perhaps hopeful that Manchin will change his mind. Um, but there is a lot of pressure also coming from Senator Elizabeth Warren, um, the Democrat from Massachusetts. She's also been calling for this national emergency. Um, it's not clear why the White House is stalling on this, if they're actually going to do it. And it's interesting that the president is making this announcement at a time when we are experiencing a pretty significant heat wave. I mean, it's hot here in Washington, D.C. and in New York City. And I know it's getting quite warm in Boston as well. It's going to bring even more of a fine point on the issue for the president, I would imagine. Yes, that's exactly right. We're in the middle of a major heat wave here. It's been in the 90s this week. I know that's not much compared to the rest of the country, but in Massachusetts, that's pretty hot. And um, I think that that, again, creates this visual backdrop for him. You know, 
you've got part of Biden's family on Nantucket right now, his wife, Jill, and um, other relatives. And then he's going to what really is sort of an apocalyptic looking stretch of land that is very slowly transitioning to renewable energy and um, hoping that these developers do indeed follow through with their plans to create these offshore wind cables at this site and then put up these three offshore wind farms off the coast of Massachusetts. There's already one off the coast of Rhode Island, I should mention, off of Block Island. Um, and so the deep water port, the hot weather, it's all very visual opportunity for Biden to show action when people really are still very much struggling with gas prices and and air conditioning prices at this point. Yeah, certainly are. And it's going to be interesting to hear as well what the president has to say in terms of the kinds of projects that you're alluding to that could uh, benefit from well, the announcement that we are expecting later today from the president that he will be taking executive action uh, to tackle climate change and, uh, as the White House terms it, to uh, create uh, clean energy jobs as part of the action that the president is expected to announce. And Moss, too. Bloomberg News correspondent with us this morning from Somerset, Massachusetts, and our listeners in Boston can catch live coverage from and of the president's announcement. It's coming up on Bloomberg Bay State Business, heard 3 to 6 p.m. on Bloomberg 1061, Boston Newburyport, and 92.9 HD2. Looking ahead to the market open on Wall Street, S&P futures are up six points, Dow futures up 39, NASDAQ futures higher by 31 points, adding to yesterday's rally. We'll tell you more about that just ahead. The biggest rally in three weeks for stocks, actually. And we continue to watch Netflix after a could have been worse subscriber loss. Top stories of the morning just ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Heat advisory from noon today till 8 tomorrow night. And we're not expecting much of a break on Friday. Highs for the rest of the week in the low to mid-90s. Right now, 80 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. U.S. futures are adding to yesterday's gains on Wall Street, which were the biggest in three weeks. Still, Sherry Paul, senior portfolio manager with Morgan Stanley Private Wealth, says the markets remain uncertain. Clients, I think, are feeling very data overwhelmed, and the greatest threat to portfolio returns is indecision. So right now, what we're advising clients is to go right down the middle of this market. You want to plan for inflation being structural and own sectors of the market that actually benefit from the reflationary stories. So that would put you in financials and energy stocks. And Sherry Paul with Morgan Stanley Private Wealth says investors should remain active despite volatility. Well, we get more earnings today, Karen, with 17 companies in the S&P 500 reporting. Tesla headlines the list. Investors will look for how its bottom line is affected by lockdowns in China and the crypto plunge. Tesla is heavily invested in Bitcoin. Well, turning to Netflix now, Nathan, shares are up more than 7% in early trading after it lost less subscribers than initially feared. And Geetha Raganathan covers Netflix for Bloomberg Intelligence. 
there's really not a whole lot to cheer about. What the market is really looking for at this point of time is really some clarity, not just on the subscriber growth trajectory, but also on other metrics. So, you know, how are they going to drive ARPU? How are Mm. they going to drive margins? So there's pressure all around. And Geetha Raganathan at Bloomberg Intelligence says Netflix still has positives working in its favor, including its size and reach. Well, Karen, we're learning this morning uh, more about Kathy Wood closing down one of her exchange-traded funds. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the latest. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. A regulatory filing shows Kathy Wood is shutting down her ARC Transparency ETF. The fund gained only $12 million in assets since it launched at the end of last year. That's a fraction of the $9 billion in Wood's flagship fund. It contains holdings like Tealdoc and Spotify. It was aimed at investing in companies that received high scores on transparency. Transparency Global, which shaped the fund's underlying portfolio, will stop calculating the index at the end of July. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. And overseas, we got the latest reading on U.K. inflation today. Consumer prices hit a fresh 40-year high in Britain as the country grapples with a cost-of-living incre- uh, crisis. Inflation figures for June rose 9.4% year-over-year. A 9.3% surge in gas prices helped fuel the increase. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Karen, thanks. 533 on Wall Street, 78 degrees in Central Park. Accident investigation eastbound Bruckner at the Sheridan Expressway. More coming up in traffic. First, John Tucker with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. John. Nathan, the summer swelter resumes today as the heat advisory is in effect starting at noon. When can we expect some relief? Well, Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carroll hopefully has some answers. Good morning, Rob. John, the hot weather that's developed across the central United States, well, a piece of it has broken off and is working its way through the eastern part of the country, and that's why we are going to be so warm between now and the end of the weekend. We're under a heat advisory from noon today through 8 p.m. Thursday. The only wrinkle in the forecast the next couple of days is the potential for a little bit of afternoon shower and thunderstorm activity. Those areas that do see the storms would see temperatures cool off quite a bit. I think the heat is going to peak Saturday. John? Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn. Well, it's the end of the political road for former mayor Bill de Blasio. It's clear to me that when it comes to this congressional district, people are looking for another option. He's dropping out of the crowded Democratic primary race for an open seat in the state's redrawn 10th congressional district. The keeper of federal records asking Secret Service to determine whether any text messages by agents around the time of the attack of the U.S. Capitol were improperly deleted. That story from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The National Archives and Records Administration said in a letter to the agency that it must submit a report within 30 days documenting what occurred. A spokesman for the Secret Service has previously said the texts were inadvertently lost during an equipment upgrade. The House Committee investigating the efforts by former President Trump and his allies to overturn the results of the 2020 election has also subpoenaed the agency for the texts. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. And Russian President Vladimir Putin signaling Europe will start getting gas again through a key pipeline. But he's also warning that unless a spat over sanctions parts is resolved, flows will be tightly curbed. Global News 24 hours a day on air. And a Bloomberg Quick Take powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, John. 
535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stasha. Thanks, Nathan. Another win for the American League in the Baseball All-Star Game. That's nine in a row, 21 of the last 25. In Los Angeles, the NL scored twice in the first inning. Paul Goldschmidt homered, but the rest of the game, 10 AL pitchers, including the Yankees' Nestor Cortez and Clay Holmes, combined to hurl eight scoreless innings, allowing only one hit with 10 strikeouts. Toronto's Alec Manoa struck out the side in the second inning. He did so. As he was talking to the Fox broadcasters, Cleveland's Emmanuel Chase struck out the side of the ninth on just ten pitches. The AL won three to two, scoring all three in the fourth inning. A game tying long two run homer by the Yankees' Giancarlo Stanton, an LA native, his first career All Star game hit. Next batter was the Twins' Byron Buxton, solo shot, seventh time in All Star game history, back to back homers. Both came off Tony Gonsolin. He took the loss, something he hasn't done all season. He's eleven and zero for the Dodgers. Stanton in his first All Star game as a Yankee. Third Yank to win MVP. Derek Jeter did it in 2000. Mariano Rivera in 2013. At SEC Media Day, Alabama coach Nick Saban asked about players now being able to cash in on their name, image, and likeness. Our players did extremely well last year. Uh, I think they made over $3 million in name, image, and likeness. And um, But I do think that the concerns um, are, you know, there, there has to be something, some guidelines that sort of protect competitive balance. Well, a lot of social media reaction to that comment, considering Saban makes over $9 million a year, and there hasn't really been competitive balance in college football as Alabama has dominated every year. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? John, thanks. It's just about 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Scott Carr. A measure of optimism among small businesses in New Jersey is pretty dismal. The National Federation of Independent Business Small Business Optimism Index dropped by 3.6 points last month to 89.5. The survey found 34% of business owners reported inflation was the single most important problem in operating their business. The Luxembourg-based multinational firm Arendt and Metternach has inked a five-year deal for office space in Rockefeller Plaza. The firm, which was previously Previously in the building is expanding its footprint there by 1,000 square feet. Heads up hot dog fans, today is National Hot Dog Day, and Coney Island's Nathan's Famous will be offering up five-cent hot dogs with the purchase of a regular-priced dog at participating restaurants. Nathan's has restaurants in 24 states, about 40 in New York State. That's the Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Scott Carr. And no relation. Thank you, Scott. It's 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potus, and on 1010 Wins in New York, we're talking about members-only clubs popping up around Manhattan offering remote workers a social hub. I'm Courtney Dunahoe on KTRH in Houston. The summer driving season is showing signs of a 2008-like bus. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, we're looking at some of the things investors will be watching for when United Airlines opens its books after the closing bell. I'm Scott Carr on WDCH in Washington. I'm reporting on Maryland's Novavax, providing the nation with a fourth COVID vaccine. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. We're coming up to 539 on Wall Street. 
The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. The stock market does an excellent job of serving one group of retail customers. Active traders who like to pick their own stocks. Wholesale brokers love to take their trades. In return, they offer better prices and even pay for the privilege of fulfilling the orders. The latter practice, known as payment for order flow, enables the commission-free trading that has helped fuel the meme stock craze. The Securities and Exchange Commission is considering changing all this, a move that might curb the craziness and very slightly benefit other investors, but that is hardly worth the blowback it would generate. Given all the SEC's other priorities in areas such as crypto regulation, climate change risk, and derivatives disclosure, this battle is best left for another day. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or O-P-I-N-Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers, you can read more at OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. Right now, S&P futures are up nine points. Dow futures up 59. NASDAQ futures are higher by 44 points. Adding to yesterday's gain, saw the S&P mount its biggest rally in about three weeks. Take a look at this market next with Tracy McMillian, head of global asset allocation strategy at Wells Fargo Investment Institute. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Got to find ways to stay cool for the rest of this week. Heat advisory from noon today till 8 tomorrow night with highs for the rest of the week in the low to mid 90s. Right now, 78 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are inching higher amid speculation that the worst of this year's equity route may be over. U.S. futures are also higher as Netflix surges in early trading on a smaller-than-expected subscriber loss. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up about 8 points. Dow futures up 42. NASDAQ futures up 41. The DAX in Germany is up a third of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 8.30 seconds. Yield 2.99%. The yield on the two-year, 3.18%. NYMEX crude oil. Oil is down 1.1% on a dollar nine at $103.13 a barrel. COMEX gold little change is 1727.80 an ounce. The euro 1.0245 against the dollar. British pound 1.2020 and the yen 138.13. And Bitcoin this morning up more than 1% at $23,550. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John. And good morning, Karen. President Biden set to announce executive action today to confirm front climate change. Russian President Vladimir Putin signaling Europe will start getting gas again through a key pipeline. Europe is waiting to see whether gas flows resume tomorrow. And Dan Cox wins the Republican primary in the race to replace Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland, a race that became a proxy clash between former President Trump and Hogan. Sports, Yankees' Giancarlo Stanton has named the All-Star Game MVP as the American League beats the National League. Global News 24 hours a day. On air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. 
Thank you, John. It's 548 on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. And we have Tracy McMillian with us this morning, ahead of the market open, head of global asset allocation strategy at Wells Fargo Investment Institute. Tracy, good morning. Seeing some modest gains in the futures contracts after uh, the best rally yesterday for the S&P in about three weeks. Is there more room for stocks to run or is this a bear market rally? Good morning, Nathan. Thanks for having me. Um, so we do think that this rally is premature. You know, some of the assumptions that are underlying the rally will eventually lead us out, um, and they're not necessarily incorrect. You know, we will see capitulation. We will see value coming back into the market. Um, and we also will start to see the dollar ease at some point. But, you know, we just think it's too early in this bear market, really, you know, too early in the Fed's tightening cycle to call the all clear. Um, You know, in some ways, this seems to us like it's a classic case of fighting the Fed. It's interesting because I'm sure you saw the note yesterday from Bank of America that they see full capitulation in this market. What are they getting wrong? Yeah, so um, they are seeing uh, levels that uh, are akin, or I guess uh, they're seeing a, a investor sentiment that is akin to what they saw back in October of 2008. And if you'll recall, in October of 2008, we still had five more months of a bear market before things started to turn in mid-March. So, you know, even though we are seeing the, these uh, high levels of investor pessimism, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're through this. You know, the Fed has just started tightening. So we've got a ways to go as they, you know, work to bring inflation lower. So you're thinking that the Fed is going to tighten even further than it's projected at this point? It does seem like, at least at the July meeting, they're looking for a 75 basis point move. Are you looking for even more significant moves for the rest of this year? So we are looking for 75 basis points in July, another 75 basis points in September, and potentially some additional tightening thereafter um, in 2022 and into 2023. Um, we are actually thinking that inflation um, could start to come off next month. Um, and that could whipsaw investors in the coming months. Um, oil's traded back. Um, above $100 a barrel yesterday. That's still well off the highs that we've seen in oil. Industrial metals have started to fall back. Um, but we think that this, together with strong base effects in the, in the coming uh, July CPI report, could have us seeing a downside surprise in inflation. Now, back to the Fed. What are they going to do with this? Well, they are going to continue to uh, raise rates and continue to tighten quantitatively uh, until they get closer to their target. So even if we do come down to 5 or 6% inflation, we think they've got to keep going. So that's not necessarily, again, all clear. Is that an overshoot in your view? Do you think the Fed's going to go too far with interest rates and uh, bring the economy into recession? You know, they probably will. Um, they, they typically do because the tools that they're using work with a lag. And the um, the inflation rates are uh, going to continue, in our opinion, to, 
stay relatively high, um, and the Fed will have to keep tightening in order to restore its credibility and uh, continue to bring inflation lower. But because of that six, 12-month lag in uh, the effects of their tightening policy, they're probably going to go too far. We do think we're probably going to even see a recession starting in the second half of this year. Interesting. As we get closer to the Fed's next meeting coming up in uh, just about a week from now. Tracy McMillian, head of Global Asset, Wells Fargo Investment Institute. Thanks for this. Good having you on with us. Karen. And Nathan, it is 5.53 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Law Report. We get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The Sixth Circuit ruled that Michigan officials are immune from a suit by bowling alley and roller rink operators. The plaintiffs claimed that orders to close their facilities during the pandemic amounted to an unconstitutional taking of property. Toys R Us is accused of infringing the trademarks and copyrights of another toy maker's car and track set called Magic Tracks. Johnson & Johnson chose Matthew Orlando to be the legal chief for the consumer business the company plans to spin out next year. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need. All on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Jeff, thank you. Now another legal story we're watching after almost a year and a half. It appears that the Fulton County District Attorney's investigation into potential criminal interference in the 2020 election in Georgia may be escalating. The DA has sent so-called target letters to 16 Republicans who served as fake electors, informing them that they could face criminal charges. For more, Bloomberg's June Grosso speaks to Michael Moore, a partner with Moore Hall and the former U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of Georgia. What does it indicate to you that she's telling these people that they could be indicted? I think there's some interest in this fake elector scheme, and she has been digging into that. You wouldn't have to look very hard to to feel like that she's, in fact, expanding the scope of what could have been a very narrowly tailored case, a clean-cut case against Trump. But it appears that she's broadening it out to other people maybe in that orbit or closer to the inner circle and dealing with the efforts to basically void out the electors who were from Georgia and to avoid out the votes that have been cast here. So I'm not surprised to see her do that. It's a little interesting that she would do it in such a public way, especially given some of the political alliances that she has. And I think that may come into play here that she has actually sent out such a notice in the middle of a heated campaign season, because typically you don't always see a prosecutor be quite as public about those types of things, and I think for good reason. So I think she's clearly broadened the scope. I think she may be fishing with a little bit too broad a net right now because sometimes that's where you get caught. You know, you get tangled up in your own net. And I think some of the public comments about the target letters, who they went to, and the timing of them may open raise some questions down the road. Thinking about all the evidence that she basically started out with, all the phone calls, for example, and the testimony she's already taken from state officials, I'm wondering why it's taking her so long to decide whether or not to prosecute Trump. Sure. And I think that's a question that is well placed. I don't think there's any question she could have, based on the tape recording that she had, which is fortuitous. I mean, how many times do you get basically a recorded confession? <laughs> she could have tried to bring charges forward in a regular grand jury without the need for the special grand jury. She simply could have, you know, in between two regular 
alleged felon. She could have stuck the truck indictment right in the middle of it, and, and the grand jury could decide whether or not they were going to issue the indictment. And so it tells me that she's simply broadened it out, that she's looking for other people who may have been involved in the planning or the efforts to overturn at least the vote totals in Georgia and making it more of a, I guess, more of a spider web in which she can catch more flies as opposed to just to simply sort of the clean-cut case. At the end of the day, I don't know if that will have been the right call. I don't want to second-guess everything she's doing. I mean, she may and does have access to facts and evidence that I don't have and the public doesn't have. But as you look at it, I mean, one principle usually remains true, and that is that when you keep it simple, it often makes for a better case. It's easier to prove. It makes less confusion for a jury. It, it creates less defenses. It also creates less appellate issues. And that's Michael Moore, the former U.S. attorney for the Middle District of Georgia, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grosso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BLawGo. Again, futures this morning are moving higher. S&P futures up eight points, now futures up 50, and NASDAQ futures up 40. And the 10-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds, yield 2.98%. The yield on the two-year, 3.18%. And NYMEX crude oil is down 1%. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.